Thunderbirds, we are a go. First times the try this. First times right on the money. Huh. I'm able to do things that any other podcaster's been able to do their entire career. Well, all that to say, coming to you live from the KOCP studio, it's my seminary life, and I am your host, Brandon Knight. I got it right on the first try this time to get the live stream up and going. Uh, Look at that. Wow. I even wrote, check this out. Wrote myself an outline of what we're going to talk about today. I am ready. I got my water. We're here. We're doing this. All right, everyone. Well, welcome to our second live stream event. Uh, For those of you who don't know why we're doing this, so for the third time now this past year, we have hit the downloads goal for the total number of... We've hit the goal for the total number of downloads I wanted to get on the show three times over. Good work, everybody, on that. And we used to celebrate in a different way the past two times. Uh, But this time, moving forward, we're going to do these. We're going to do live stream events to market the show uh, a little bit better, but we're also to, to celebrate to bring us all together, to hang out, have a couple conversations, and move on from there. So we have a number of goals here on the show. They run from, uh, most of them run from anniversary special to anniversary special, okay? So with the anniversary special coming up, March 25th, uh, with the anniversary coming up, that means the goals that we have for the show are set to uh, restart then. Um, So... If you like this live stream format and you would like to see more of these live stream events, uh, hang in there here in a a little bit. According to my notes, we're going to talk about those goals and how maybe we can squeeze in another live stream or get it started for April. With that being said... With that being said, now, uh, for those of you who are starting to join the live stream, uh, make sure you are hitting the like, heart, and ha-ha face emoji. Leave a comment letting me know. Here in a second, we're going to talk about this. Let me know right off the bat, is the Shamrock Shake the goat? By way of milkshakes, is the Shamrock Shake the best milkshake option out there? Let me know. Drop in the comments and share this video around if you don't mind. I was pleasantly surprised with the amount of people who dropped in last time to check out the live stream. I am currently sharing this onto my regular Facebook page. So I'm like, it's like Inception looking at myself. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised how many people dropped in. I was very flattered by that. And so let's see if we can get some more eyes on the epi- on this live stream so please uh, share this video around so that way we can have more people hanging out with us um, okay well I think that gets us all right so let's get started on the actual episode for today again is the shamrock shake the greatest milkshake of all time? If you would have asked me as a child, I would have said, yes, absolutely. I love the Shamrock Shake. It is my favorite shake of all of the shakes. Um, 
Now as an adult though, my, my tastes have changed ever so slightly. I do really like the peppermint shake that Chick-fil-A has during the Christmas season. Uh, also, the cookies and cream milkshake that they have all year round is another one of my favorite milkshake options. Also, a big fan of the uh, Andes Mint Shake at Arby's. I know nobody really thinks Arby's for food, period. I'm so hungry, I could eat Arby's. I know nobody really thinks Arby's, but uh, if you like green mint shakes... But you're kind of you're like my wife Claire, and you're a little turned off by the whole green mucus of the Shamrock Shake. Check out the Andes Mint Shake from, uh, check out the Andes Mint Shake from Arby's. It's definitely worth trying it out. So yeah, so let me know in the comments what is your favorite uh, milkshake, and uh, is it the Shamrock Shake? I think it has to be. It has to be a top five for me at least. The Shamrock Shake. How else would I know? To quote Jim Gaffigan, how else when I know when St. Patrick's Day is coming? That's a trick question. They they died the Chicago River Green. That's how I know. So let's talk about what's going on on the show as people start to drop in. Uh, what's going on on the show? So this past week, we have uh, two series going on right now. First, we have the Fish Friday series. So this is a series that's all about the... Uh, season of Lent, how to observe Lent, some of the traditions, the history, whatnot. And this past week was all about preparation. How do you prepare for Lent? And so because it's it's a lot to jump into a 40-day fast, especially if you've never done it before. So this episode, I explore everything that you need to do in order to get ready for a fast for Lent. And then this coming Friday on Fish Fridays, I'm going to be talking about um, I'm going to be talking about how what is a biblical fast. We're going to be looking at scripture to talk about what fasting is, what it is not, and then talk about some of the things that I have fasted from during Lent and things that other people I've known who have fasted from and the results that they have seen and I have experienced from fasting. Along with that, our main series right now is Local Church Ministry. This is the final, the final class that I have to take, and we are closing in on the last bit of the episodes. So uh, this past week, this past Saturday, just a couple days ago, it was, uh, I had you talked about, I reflected on one of the books I had to read for class, Bob Weitzel's uh, Growing the Post-Pandemic Church. It, I definitely recommend it. The short version is I definitely recommend it to ministry leaders, Christian content creators as well. I recommend it to them to check out. Um, it's very readable. I love books that are packed with information, but also quite readable. Sorry, everybody. I had a thing here. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, I like a good packed book that is also quite readable. So you can hear more about that book, uh, Growing the Post-Pandemic Church, this past Saturday on the show. And this coming up, going to be talking about the heavy one, some of the heavy lifting, one of the heavy lifting episodes, social justice, critical race theory, and every uh, evangelical church's favorite word, woke. We're going to be talking about all of that 
this coming Saturday on My Seminary Life. Uh, for those of you who have never checked out the show before and you're stumbling upon this for the very first time, uh, My Seminary Life is about me talking about the stuff I'm studying in grad school as I wrap up my Master's of Arts in Ministry Studies. Uh, that's what's going on until the end of the month, and then we're starting something brand new here on the show starting in April, because I'll be out of classes. Um, so, so, this is a good time to jump in, because we have a big transition coming up. Like I said, March 25th is the two-year anniversary special. That's not the only special episode coming out this month, because next Tuesday, next Tuesday, the 14th, question mark, yes, the 14th, is the 100th episode special where I will be talking with Joshua Knoll of the Whole Church Podcast to talk about what to do when you want to be in ministry but you keep coming up against roadblocks. What should you do? What can you do in order to still be in ministry but you're facing different roadblocks? So that's next Tuesday. Drop in for that as well. And for all of you listening to this on the podcast feed at the end of the month, sorry you missed it. <laughs> sorry you missed all of these announcements. But hey, that means this coming Saturday is our brand new series, Apologetics 101. That's for the podcast people over here. Anyway, so this is going on on the show for the rest of the month. A lot of exciting things. This is a busy season for the show. I'm really looking forward to June when everything starts slowing down a little bit here on the show. But uh, that's what's going on. So, all right, so now let's talk about, uh, there has been something interesting going on at a little religious college. Maybe you heard about it. Yeah, Marymount University and Trinity International University. Have you heard about what's going on over there? <clears throat> you thought I was going to talk about Asbury. No, the, uh, so Marymount University is a Catholic religious, uh, Catholic school. Catholic University, who recently announced that they are shutting down all of their uh, liberal arts programs, many of their liberal arts programs, uh, specifically the ones in the humanities department, which would include Bible. They're shutting down their Bible major at a Catholic school, which, of course, has raised many people, alumni and staff alike, to say, we're a, <laughs> we're a Catholic school, we probably should have a Bible degree. Um, and the reason why they're doing this, uh, this was a plan presented by the president of the college, or the university, and then uh, was voted upon by the board to shut down uh, not just Bible, but philosophy, uh, philosophy, art, English, science, education, shut down a couple um, graduate class or graduate master's programs as well that fit within that. Uh, they're shutting these all down. Not because of finances, but because they are trying to reallocate, redistribute resources to programs that students actually want to come study at the university. As of right now, they said that there's actually nobody in their Bible program, so why would they continue to offer Bible theology courses and de degrees if nobody wants to study that there? they rather move the resources into degrees that students want to actually come there and study. Okay, and I saw that. That article came out, I think, uh, mid-February or so. And I saw that, and I I thought to myself, I wonder if this is a, a fluke. This is just something that's 
that's happening or if this is going to be the start of a new trend. And then three days later, Trinity International University, which is one of the campuses of Trinity Christian College, which is the undergrad to TED, Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, which is a big divinity school out here in Chicagoland that I always forget is here in Chicagoland. And they announce here with uh, Trinity that they are going to be this fall shutting down their residency program and moving all of their undergrad, specifically for Trinity University, Trinity International, they're going to move all of their undergrad classes and programs solely online. No more, uh, no more degree, no more residency, can't come to college, can't go to college there and sleep in a dorm there. You can just take your classes online. And as opposed to this, um, as opposed to Marymount, the reason given is finances. This is a financial decision that they are making. Um, I think this, uh, specifically maybe more so with Trinity, is a result of the pandemic. I talk about this a little bit in this past Saturday's episode from the reflection on growing the post-pandemic church, that I think we were already, we were definitely already on this path. Um, good night, son. Go to sleep. Go to sleep for your mom. Um, we were already on this path of a lot of schools getting their programs, moving them online. You know, Liberty University has 117,000 options for you to study online. Like, people were already moving that stuff online anyway in higher ed. You can even do doctoral programs online now in some cases. So, yeah, you can... We were already headed this direction, but I, I, I wonder if this is a, a result of COVID that now maybe residency programs going to college on campus, maybe that's going to go away. Maybe everything is just going to be online now. I know that was a big thing there for a while of like planting other campuses for schools, you know, I grew up down the road from one of the uh, Purdue locations, one of Purdue University's locations. Um, so I know that we were kind of in this, that phase for a while of like we're planting like multi-site campuses for churches. We're planting multiple college places for people to go to. And, and, uh, but now we're in this live stream and now we're in this, um, this like online phase where we're pushing things more and more online with education. And I wonder in 16 to 17 years when my son Cooper, who should be going to bed, um, when he's starting to look for colleges, will there even be like places to go to college, like to attend college in person or is that is this like going to be an archaic thing to like you know have a freshman experience freshman weekend move in weekend all that stuff is that just going to be a thing of the past and we're all just going to teach ourselves online now cuz let me tell you folks I've been through two rounds now of trying to do seminary online and both times I have done a lot of the teaching for myself so we'll have to watch this. We'll have to see if this is a new trend. 
if uh, schools are going to continue to shut down unpopular programs, you know, the the humanities kind of always get a bad rap because, I mean, outside of education, uh, you know, education, science, history, English, those are mathematics. Those are, you would think people still need math teachers. I, I thought people would still need math teachers, but, you know, higher education, there is a business element to this and they need to keep customers and so maybe this is a new thing we're just going to see more and more of these type of programs shut down to allocate resources to accounting and nursing and you know degrees in content creating because we all know that's if that doesn't already exist it's going to so yeah, so let's keep our eye on that. You know, I'm trying to have my pulse on the higher education world, so uh, I'm gonna keep keep my eye on that and see. Maybe in a uh, 16 years there will no longer be freshman weekends. We'll find out. Okay, so as promised at the top of the episode, let's talk now about goals. So I have a number of goals that I set up for the show that run from anniversary special to anniversary special, which means we are coming up on the conclusion of the uh, this round of goals. So there's four, four main goals that I have. The first one, as we have done three times now, is downloads, total number of downloads on the show. We're a ways away. It's not out of the realm of possibility that we could do this for a fourth time. Um, the problem is, so, I have a small show. And I know for some people, getting 100 downloads is easy. They do that in a weekend, right? I do that, like, every month, month and a half, maybe. It, it, it happens frequently, but not as quickly as most shows. So, it's we're about 100 downloads away from hitting that goal. It's not out of the realm of possibility. If you're dropping in for the very first time, hey, welcome. We're all about trying to normalize intellectualism within Christianity again. Um, that's what we like to do around here. So if you're new around here, or if you just like the show and you had a favorite one, binge it, binge a series, you know, do what you want. You, you can try and hit that one again. Again, the goals reset up on March 25th, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, the other uh, goal number two is followers on Facebook and three is followers on Instagram. So that's really easy. Again, if you have not followed the show here on Facebook, please hit that follow button or on Instagram at my seminary life pod. We're a ways away from hitting both over there as well, but that's an easy one. Just a little tap smash that as they say on YouTube, smash that uh, follow button, enable, you don't enable notifications on Facebook. Well, yeah, I guess you do. Anyway, you can get daily updates if you follow those on social media. The fourth goal is actually the easiest one, I think, that could be accomplished, and that is uh, sales over at the My Seminary Life shop. MSL has a shop, and I'm like 20 bucks away from hitting that goal, which is actually like the most attainable out of the four, with March 25th being right around the corner. So if you need, if you're looking for, uh, if you like that logo, that my brother designed and he worked really hard on. If you like that logo and you need a new coffee mug, because obviously you do, everybody always needs new coffee mugs or hats or t-shirts or pint glasses, head over to the MSL shop. You can find a link for it in the, um, 
Facebook, on Facebook and on Instagram. And for those of you listening to the show on the podcast replay, you can go into the description of the episode to find links to the MSL web sh- website and also the shop as well. So those are the four main goals. Those get recycled every year. But like in a video game, let's say you're playing Legend of Zelda and you're off to do your big adventure and you make the mistake of randomly talking to some dude and now you're running around trying to get all of his chickens back. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, there's two side quests. Trying to get this camera thing right. There are two side quests going on. So there's six goals in total. The uh, first side quest going on, you can find a link for it um, in the comment section. It is for a GoFundMe for convention expenses. So... I have been booked um, by the Whole Church Podcast for their Every Tribe, Denomination, and Tongue convention coming up this May, mid-May. I'll be posting a link for the website so you can check out the convention. It's in Charlotte, North Carolina. I think it might actually be rescheduled, removed over to the um, uh, Chapel Hill, right off of the doorstep of UNC. And... That's going to be in May, and I'm, I've been booked to do a series of live episodes, I think four total episodes throughout the weekend. Uh, I'll have to double-check, because sometimes Josh changes things, and maybe now I'm up to six. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I'll be speaking down there. I need some help getting down there because of money, because travel is expensive. So uh, there is a GoFundMe to donate towards that. This has been active for about a month now, and we are just about at 50%. We're just shy of hitting 50%. So if you don't need a t-shirt, but you want to financially support the show, that is one of the best ways to do that right now. Um, anything that goes to the show that is donated to the show that I don't spend on the convention is going to go back into the show. Okay. It's not like I'm going to go buy comic books with this, just so you know. And um, so yeah, please consider donating towards that. And, oh, people have asked. I thought, I knew I was going to forget something. People have been asking me, how long will the GoFundMe be active? And the answer is, I'm going to keep this active until basically it's time for me to leave for the convention in mid-May. So, you have time to donate if you would like to. Even if we hit the goal, I'm going to keep it active because people are sometimes just generous. So, that's uh, side quest number uh, number two. And then uh, side quest number number one, side quest number two, uh, I've announced recently that uh, Anchor, who I record the show for through and produce it through, um, they're owned by Spot, they're owned by Spotify, and uh, they are revamping their ad campaign and ad ambassador program. And in the revamping, my seminary life will no longer be um, will no longer be able to be ad supported by Anchor. And it's only because I do not have enough followers on Spotify. So if you're checking out the show for the first time and you haven't listened to a single episode yet, please follow the show on Spotify. Uh, if you if you listen on Apple or Google or any of the other ones, Amazon Music, whatever, that's fine. Stay listen. Use your podcast platform that you like, please. But uh, if you don't have a preferred platform and you already use Spotify, just please hit the follow button there for the My Seminary Life page. I know nobody likes listening to ads. I know. I know nobody likes listening to ads. But 
uh, ad revenue is the easiest, most consistent form of revenue the show pulls in. So six goals, right? And uh, by the way, for that Spotify one, the cutoff is March 20th. If I do not hit 100 followers by March 20th, then uh, we do not, we're no longer at supported. So there's a little bit of more of a tight time restraint for that, for that part. Um, so please consider following the show on Spotify. If we hit any of those goals by March 25th or later, depending on which one we're talking about, we'll do more live streams. If you like this hangout environment where we're just kind of talking about stuff kind of off the cuff, do that. Uh, hit the follow button and uh, listen to the show, buy a t-shirt, whatever you feel like doing. And who knows, maybe in April I'll be announcing a whole slew of live stream events coming up. All right, we got one last thing to discuss, and that is future doctoral plans. So for those of you who don't know, I am finishing up my Master of Arts in Ministry Studies. Actually, technically, at the recording of this, I am done. I turned in my last paper on Saturday, and so graduation isn't until early May. I have early May, and then I have mid-May, uh, and isn't until early May, um, but I am done as of right now, and it has, <laughs> like I said, it's been a whole weekend. It's been, it's been like barely a weekend so far when it comes to what's going on on this, <laughs> with my education, and people have already asked me several times over, so what are you going to do next? Which, granted, has probably been a missed opportunity to say I'm going to Disneyland, but, uh, yes, <laughs> I'm not. I wish I wish I was, but uh, it's been a bit of a missed opportunity to say those things. Yeah, people are, and I, I think it partially speaks to just, like, the American mentality, the human condition, whatever you want to call it, of we just have to constantly be rushing to the next thing, you know? Can't really stop and savor. And honestly, the short answer is yes, I do want to do a doctoral program. Um, but not for a while. It's not going to happen this fall and probably for several falls after that. And there's a lot of reasons for that. What I'm going to do now that I'm done with seminary is take a break. Honestly, I'm going to take a little bit of a break. For the first time, I'm done with school and I don't have a job. I'm a stay-at-home dad, which is exhausting enough. But I don't have a job. I'm, I'm in between work right now. And I, I'm i not in school. And that's weird. Like, I've been in school my entire life, honestly. Like, there was a few years off in between the first and second attempt at seminary. But it, I've, I've been in school, like, my entire life. And I like school. I like the academic environment, obviously. But it it's time for a break. It's time for no homework. It's time for no testing quizzes. It's time for no papers. It's time for no deadlines. You know, the majority of my relationship with Claire, I've been in school. The entire existence of my son, I have been in school. I mean, it's only been 10 months, but, you know, you get the point. Like, I, I want to be able to have a period of time where I can plan an event, plan something with my wife, do something with my wife, and not have to think in the back of my mind, am I going to turn in that paper late because we're out doing this fun thing? I'm always going to be studying somehow, whether it's for the podcast, my own personal reading, I love to read, or for whatever, 
sermon small group thing, right? I'm always going to be studying somewhat, but I, I want to still have the freedom to be able to, as Cooper keeps getting older, to go outside and play ball with him. Or the other day, I sat him on the floor and I, you know, held my little Sega Genesis controller in in his hands and we played Sonic together. First time we got to play Sonic together. It was great. And I, he did so well. I mean, well, what I mean by that is like, he just sat there and behaved. He, he I played the game, obviously. Um, even though somebody told me that it's a baby game. Sonic is great. Anyway. So like, I want to be able to have these opportunities to enjoy life, enjoy family life, and not feel like it, I have to choose between that or turning in a paper on time, you know? All of that to say, I'm not going to just lay around and do nothing. I already have ideas percolating, ideas for, well, ideas for the show, obviously, but just other ministry opportunities, work opportunities, things like that I'm looking into, I'm praying over, I'm seeking wisdom, you know, moving forward. So I'm not going to, I know me, I'm not going to sit around and do nothing for very long, but uh, the plan is for the foreseeable future, I will not be in school. But I do want to do doctoral work. Actually, if you've listened to the show for a while, you know that there's actually a whole plethora of things I have wanted to study uh, that I do want to study, certificates, other degrees, things like that. Some of them for fun, some of them to actually continue to prepare me for ministry. Um, but doctoral work, I always knew when I went into college that getting a bachelor's and getting a master's is expected for prospective pastoral students. Um, doctoral work, though, that was always something in college that I wanted to do for me. That was a thing I wanted to do for me, not for, you know, not for the education establishment, for the big church institution establishment. It was for me. It's going to be for me. So if we'll play what if, because everybody does, everybody likes talking about multiverses now, uh, we'll play what if and say, what if I was able to start? A doctoral program this fall. There are there are many factors that are keeping me from being able to do that. I already talked about the the option to be able to have some freedom. Another one is kind of along along the lines of freedom. One of these schools, I'm looking at four at the moment. Um, one of them is purely online, but for the most part, a lot of doctoral programs still require you to be on campus for a period of time, for a duration of time to do the studying or teaching along with your studying. And three of the four schools I'm looking at would require long distance commuting and uh, just not in a place right now to be able to do something like that, you know? Another factor is finances. It is an average of about 20 grand to do another doctor to do doctoral work. So when you take into consideration room and board and tuition for my undergrad and textbooks, rough estimate on all of those, the tuition and textbooks for my graduate from a master's degree, and then the uh, potential, at least the tuition for the doctoral, we're looking at like $125,000 to $150,000 I've spent. Now, a lot of that has been scholarships, grants, people helping me out, 
a lot of my pastoral friends have been lending me books to help me get through the the master's program. Shout out to Scott. Um, but we're looking at like grand total either way is a right around 125 to 150,000 dollars. So 20 grand, another 20 grand is just it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money right now. You all have been very generous, especially towards the GoFundMe, but 20 grand is a lot of money to ask of people, you know. So it may come in time and there are cheaper routes to go. But let's just play what if. What are these routes I could go? Well, the first route I could go is just to is to get the hat trick. Bachelors, masters, and doctorate, all from Grace College and Theological Seminary. Let's just go ahead and do the hat trick, right? Because they do have a doctorate of ministry in advanced exegetical preaching, which by way of demons actually sounds interesting to me. Usually doc doctorate of ministries are not that interesting to me, gotta be honest. All of those leadership, managerial, pastor programs, no thank you, not for me. Um, but something on advanced expository preaching, which is going to be, it, it would be a combination of courses and um, a dissertation, which would work out really nicely for this, would work out really nicely for the show to still have classes. I don't know how I would do the show if I was just doing a dissertation. I might have to like do something on the side here on the show and then do like monthly check-ins with the dissertation. I don't know. That's a problem for Brandon to figure out later on. But um, with the Doctorate of Ministry in Advanced Exegetical Preaching, it would be a combination of courses like multi-sensory preaching, kind of sounds cool, and a dissertation I would like to study. I have had a small sample of people tell me that because of their ADHD, they have a really hard time reading and listening to sermons on the letters written by Paul. And so I would like to test this, see what research is out there, test this with some people who have ADHD, do not have ADHD. Uh, the problem that the people who, who do have ADHD have told me is that because Paul like starts and stops and starts and stops so many thoughts within one section, it's hard for them to focus. It all becomes white noise. They hyperfixate on like that's detail rather than the actual like main focus. So I would like to test this and then see if there is a better way to preach Paul. That would be option number one. But Grace is one of those 20 grand schools. So it's like, I love you, Grace. I wouldn't mind teaching at Grace Seminary. Going to be honest, putting it out there for anyone watching this who is a professor at Grace Theological Seminary. I would like to come over there and teach at some point, but uh, we'll have to see. That's option number one. Option number two is the Christian Bible Institute and Seminary. This is a purely online school, so we could check the box on that. Uh, the Grace one is a hybrid, so it would be like some from home, some in Winona Lake, which is like a two-hour commute from here. Um, the Christian Bible Institute and Seminary, they have a purely research-based PhD in theology. I have a couple ideas for what that could be. I'll talk about those separately here in a moment with the other two schools. The, the preaching one that I just mentioned, that would be, I think it could fit in there as well. But the advantage towards them is not only is it online, but it's six grand 
to go there, uh, which is less than half of the going rate, which part, part of it for me is a bit of a red flag of like, maybe I'm getting what I pay for with that. But if I'm just trying to check the box and say, I've gotten the thing done, right? Uh, just to say that I've gotten the thing done, then yeah, maybe I'll just do that. Plus it's a PhD in theology, purely research-based, which is actually what I want to do. I want to get a PhD primarily research-based, not having to take classes additionally. The other two, the two other options I've been looking at, this is just something within the past like week or two I've been working on too. So by no means is this an exhaustive list. And like I said, since I have time, not really rushing into this part, this next chapter, um, with that, with that in mind, like this could completely look different if and when I am able to do a doctoral program. But there are some schools that give you grants. They pay you to go to school there. A friend of mine here on Facebook, Matthew, he posted one time that he wishes he could get paid to study. Well, apparently you have to do doctoral work at specific schools in order for that one to happen, buddy. Because, um, yeah... That's the dream, isn't it? It's a five-year grant. Most schools give like a five-year grant plus a stipend. Um, it's not really the normal schools that you would think, though, at least that you would maybe expect me to go to. One of them is Northwestern here in uh, Chicago, in the Chicago area, Northwestern. The other is my favorite college football school, Notre Dame, are the two I'm looking at. These fully funded grant doctoral programs, they are difficult to get into They're, because, you know, everybody wants to go to school for free, right? And they expect results because they're paying you for results, right? Uh, with the Northwestern one, it I can't remember the exact phrasing. It's another PhD. It's another purely research-based PhD. Um, and it's some combination of... American Christian, American church history, something like that. The effects of Christianity and American history, something like that. It's a little wordy. Uh, and I would like to, this is going to sound weird, I would like to propose studying the Puritan theology that led to the Salem witch trials. I don't want to go into the full details right now because that might make for a good Halloween special later on, but we all know that this was a real thing that happened in American history, and it's very specifically, it was Puritans who, at least for me and others who have gone through the more evangelical, non-denominational, conservative track of Christianity, were always the Puritans are always upheld as, like, the greatest era of Christianity. And that was on their watch. So I just want to study. I've, I've been trying to find stuff just for my own personal amusement. It's kind of hard to find, but I want to learn. And I want to trace that then, the theology, the mentality they had towards these women. I want to trace that to the present, to the present, and see... Obviously, we're not burning people alive, thank the Lord, anymore. But I want to trace that to the present and see 
if that thinking, that theology, still plays a part in how the evangelical church treats women now, possibly even running it through the lens of how the SBC treated Beth Moore. Just going to put that there. As for Notre Dame, I, I have this great idea. I don't know if anyone's actually going to take me up on this idea. You all will love this idea, though. I know you will. Um, and it's... So they have this PhD at Notre Dame. It's a PhD in theology with a concentration in liturgical studies. And I know what you're thinking, Brandon, you're not Catholic. What do you know about Catholic liturgy? Not much, other than I think I can make this work, folks. J.R.R. Tolkien, you knew this had to come back to Tolkien at some point, has said that Frodo's struggle with the ring is supposed to be a visual metaphor of the line in the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, the line, and lead us not into temptation. Okay? So I want to trace that through the Lord of the Rings, maybe even bring in the Hobbit and talk about sinning in ignorance through the, the lens of the Hobbit, and run this through the lens of how Catholics view the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, and specifically this line, and lead us not into temptation. That's the idea. I actually don't know if that falls under liturgy or not. I don't know if the rosary falls under liturgy. It might not, but it's an idea. It's a cool idea. Somebody else probably really likes this idea who's listening to this show right now. I'm just saying, let's make it happen one way or another. So that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, uh, those are the four schools. Uh, those are the a uh, couple of different angles I'm looking at taking for studying. But my mentality for this is is the same mentality I had when I stopped seminary the first time and started it the second time. And even more so for this round of if God wants it to happen, it will. I know that sounds real Christian cliche-like, but trust me, that is actually where my heart is at, is that if... If God wants it to happen, it will. It will. I am confident of that. So that brings me to the end of this hangout. Thank you all for joining me for this second edition of the live stream hangout. You all have been a great crowd. Thank you to everyone listening to the replay here on the podcast platform uh, later this month. You have been great as well. Keep in mind all of those goals particularly the Spotify one, because that one is coming up sooner than everything else. Um, but yeah, I'm Brandon. It's been great hanging with you. And remember, theology is for everyone. So keep on studying. <laughs>